Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Purpose and Truth. It's Kim. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. How's it going? I'm awesome. Everything's good, thankfully. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And we're. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited, <laughs> too. We're going to go right in and introduce our guests because we want to use all the time. We don't, you don't need to listen to us. We will just, we'll just talk to her. So I'm going to introduce Christine Carlson. It's possible to love your life after profound loss and major change. Christine Carlson knows because she has lived it. On December 13, 2006, her perfect story as a New York Times bestselling author of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series took a tragic turn as she unexpectedly lost her husband, Dr. Richard Carlson, to a pulmonary embolism. It was the end of life as Christine knew it and the beginning of a journey through the depths of grief and mourning that would reveal to Christine her true strength and an immeasurable love that cannot be broken. She shows what anyone goes who goes through loss knows, and that is that life marches forward and you can step into it. Christine, um, she shows what anyone who goes through loss knows that, and that is that life marches forward and your choice is to step into it. Her memoir candidly shares beyond what you'll see in the movie, how she managed to live her next chapter with renewed joy, gratitude, and purpose in the midst of life altering change. Today, she is a celebrated New York Times bestselling author, multiple books, coveted speaker, podcaster, and leading public figure in the self-development industry. Welcome, Christine. Oh, thank you, Kim and Eden. It's so nice to see you. Nice to be with you on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. It's it's an, quite an honor for you to have you here. So, yeah, we we appreciate you giving us your time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and just being a little fan right now, I, I have been... Um, following you since that movie came out on Lifetime. Yeah, there's something about, I think it was mostly because uh, I was at the time that the movie came out going through something kind of similar. Um, so I really resonated with it from your point of view. And with that, um, I think at the end of the movie, it showed your pictures of your girls and, and of you, I believe, and, and then what you're doing now. Um, and so I, I looked you all up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was. And then just, you know, I feel a connection, you know, and, and so to be sitting here with you today doing this, that's why I feel very honored. You know, it's just something that maybe I manifested Kim. I, uh, yeah, because I, I had I had gotten this intuitive feeling to ask you to be on the show. And then I told you and she's like, oh, my gosh, I was already thinking that I wanted her on the show. So we tend to yeah. do that. With one yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You sent me a direct message. Right, Kim? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram. yeah, yeah. That's right. OK. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, she answered. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I 
yeah. funny. Yeah, I do. I do answer my direct messages. You know, I'm not, I'm not as good on social media as I probably should be. You know, I should be a lot more, sometimes I'm on it. Sometimes I'm not, you know, but I've been t- kind of taking a little bit of a, I've been slowing down on it a little bit just lately, just kind of taking a little break. It's a yeah. lot to keep up on. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Especially since the, the, yeah, the movie came out, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The movie was, you know, it was a really great thing. You know, it's, it's, um, it's always been our mission to serve as many people as we can. Um, you know, what I like to say, a good helping of inspiration, you know, I mean, we're living in really dark times right now and you want to just offer hope and encouragement to so many people, you know, during this just very difficult time that we're living through all together collectively. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 the movie came out at a really good time, I think. And, and I loved Heather. I don't know if you followed the friendship that emerged from um, her playing me in the movie, but Heather Locklear was just so sweet. And we just, we developed this really great friendship and throughout the process of, of the movie. And, and, and we were still friends, you know, which is so sweet. Oh yeah, that's amazing. We love her. Yeah, we yeah. watched her for years, as many people have. But I love her story too. Of of you know, I had a similar story to her of kind of falling down and getting back up again. So I really relate, and it must have felt surreal for you to have her play you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. We're about the same age, and I, I kept saying, oh, "I'm really glad I don't have to play me when I'm in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, Oh God. I know. I was like, yeah, she, she was great. And I thought she did a great job and I just was really honored. Yeah. It was nice to see her acting again. Yeah. 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 You you brought her back out. She was waiting, you know, for something really meaningful Mm -hmm. and something that wasn't cheesy and, you know, something that was in alignment with all that she's gone through. And so when our script came by, she was like, Oh, I want to do this. Even though it was a lifetime movie, it was a little step down. I'm not not to say that too loud to lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Just for Heather Locklear, you know, but she loved the script and wanted to do the role because she she wanted to do something that had greater meaning and was going to be inspiring to others. And Mm -hmm. that's just where she was at. She wanted to do something that was spiritual. And and um, so she she was really happy to do it. Yeah. Available anywhere now. Yeah, it is. It is. You can, I think if you just search it, it'll come up on the places it's available. I've heard it's available on Prime. I'm not sure if it's Mm. free on Prime, but I've heard it's available on Prime. And I know that it's coming, it's always available on the Lifetime Network. So Mm -hmm. you can just search it on the Lifetime Network if you have that. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's, can you give everyone the title? It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, the Christine Carlson story. Okay. Because we, I didn't get a chance to see it yet. So now I'm excited. Yeah. 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 I think you'll really like it. I, I, I think they did a beautiful job for it being a lifetime movie of not making it too cheesy and just really um, showing, you know, it, it's hard in network television because they want to tell a real story, but they don't want it to be too sad. And, mm-hmm. and you can't, you can't show a woman who had an amazing relationship with her husband, who was the love of her life and dies suddenly 
Mm-hmm. And and that's not a that's not going to be anything but a sad story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, they they showed what was really cool, even though they changed the timeline of events in my life, um, because they had me writing "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff for Women" um, at the time of Richard's death, where I actually wrote that um, when he was alive. And so they they changed some of the timeline, but what they did do was capture so much of kind of my own transcendence from being a stay-at-home mom with my kids to overcoming the self-doubt that I had about stepping into my role as a, a New York Times bestselling author. And and it was hard. And I didn't go through it as much. I went through it in a different way after Richard died than I did when he was alive. But boy, did I go through it. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I just emerged and stepped out on the national platform and said, Oh, Hey, here I am. You know, I'm so happy to do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't like that. I really actually wasn't even sure I wanted to do it. You know, it was like, it, it was, it was sort of, it was very intimidating. And I, you know, didn't know if I was just riding on his coattails and I wasn't sure I was worthy. And I went through a lot of the imposter syndrome that everyone goes through, um, in a lot of respects. And, you know, even today, I mean, I still, there's sometimes I think, who are you to tell anybody how to live? Like you're sitting on the couch with a bag of kettle chips on the, with you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> you yeah, know? I, think yeah. we all get, I think we all get that and we have to shut it down. Like the ego comes in and, you know, and we have to, like, it helps me when, when that happens, I'll remind myself of some of the things that I've done or how I've helped someone and it'll kind of help lessen that silly imposter syndrome, but I think almost everyone gets that unless they are just living in ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I, I think you're right about that. And, and really the best way to combat that is just to bring yourself back to the present moment and mm-hmm. just be where you are. You know, I, I find that the more I, I'm just am where I'm the problem with me is I don't really feel like posting on social media when I'm in a bad mood, you know? So it's not like I'm going to ever go on there and say, Oh, hi everyone. I'm in a shitty mood today. <laughs> That's just not me. You know, I'm like more of the crab, the cancer where I just want to retreat into my own cocoon and, you know, go through my growth cycle and then come out with the wisdom that I've gained. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes I think it would be a lot, I, I should be a lot more vulnerable on my social media and I have had my moments where I am, but um, that's something I'm always working toward is just, you know, just, and I don't hide anything. It's just that I don't always feel like posting. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah. And then you, and it's like, you post something and you're like, you send, and then you're like, whoa, wait, what should I put that out there? Should I delete it? You know? <laughs> yeah. One thing I don't do is I, I don't really look too much about um, the, I'll look for the feedback in a positive way, but I don't really pay too much attention to the negative feedback. I like, look at it more like, oh, that's curious. Hmm. Like, oh, that's curious. Like, I wonder why they didn't get that. Or, you know, I, I think what you what a lot of people are afraid of today is the cancel culture. And I'm not. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, we used to say kind of um, we used to say name it, claim it, name it and claim it. Now we say people name it, claim it and blame it. You know, <laughs> like there's a lot of blame out in the world today. You know, and, and I think you just have to stay in your own lane. And sometimes you're going to get the wrath of that and you can't alter your message because of it. You know, it's, it's just where people are right now. And 
I think, you know, you have enough people in the world that are going to um, see through that. And so at least that's the way I think about it is, although there's times where I'm just like, gosh, you know, I just don't think I'm going to comment right now. You know, there's, it's too hot out there. Like, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this. So I'm not going to take a stand if I don't know how I really feel about it, you know? Like I don't often take a stand with politics or anything like that because my politics is all over the place, really. I mean, I don't, I'm right in the middle of everything always. So I just, I just kind of keep myself quiet that way. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, I, I take the stand that each of us has to work our darndest right now to be a peaceful example in this world. And I get that you know, we have to be passionate about serving, passionate about helping others. I am, but I don't sacrifice my own inner peace for anything. And mm. I really a think Amen. That, yeah, I think that's, that's something that, that people, we all need to be aware of that if we are going to return to a peaceful place in this world, it really is going to be one person at a time. And each of us has to do our part with that. And, you know, it doesn't, there's so much to be in an uproar about right now. And, you know, and certainly it's upsetting. I mean, I, I get upset when I watch the news every single day. It's so upsetting, mm -hmm. but then I have to close my eyes and I have to, I have to look around and I have to say, this is my life and my experience of my life. And I need to, keep, you know, do what I can do what I can to make changes in the world. But I have to come back to this is my experience, you know, and I'm in a peaceful experience if I come back to the present moment, you know, and, and I feel like that's my role is to show that you, you can be peaceful, no matter what. Mm hmm. If you come back you can. to the present moment, right? Yeah. Well, and it's no matter what kind of chaos is going on around us, there are ways to feel that inner peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. it is it is not going to get less chaotic around right. us. Right. It is not. Your only chance to get through with any sense of joy is to have a peaceful existence in your inner world. Mm-hmm. And to be able to call on that, you know, to be able to call on that for, for wisdom, for strength, for prayer, for, you know, guidance for others. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel about it anyways. I feel like that's what I'm, one of the things I'm here to do right now. Is that going to be in your next book? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, the next book is probably going to be called Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. <laughs> I think I, I think I need to give permission for women to be able to be on their own, mm. you know, and not have to just jump right from relationship to relationship. Although I have plenty of relationships in my world. I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I'm never really alone, alone. I just haven't chosen partnership, you know, like, I don't think you have to be lonely. I mean, you just, you just have to be with the right person. If you're going to be partnered, you know, you, you don't need to like, I mean, sometimes relationships, I feel like are just supposed to last a couple of years, you know, and then if it's not the right relationship, then after a couple of years, you go, okay, I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> and when yeah. it's the right one, if it's a partnership relationship, it'll last a really long time because I know what that feels like and it can last a lifetime. Yeah. Well, and it's gotta be hard to go from what you had with Richard 
I don't know. It, if you... it, it is. I mean, I, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while now. It's been 16 years um, since he's, since he's passed. And, mm. and it, and you know, what's interesting is I never really have ever compared another man that I've been with to Richard. I guess in my mind there, there is, he's still very much my husband mm-hmm. you know, and in my heart, he's very much my husband. And what we had, I always knew was incredibly special. So did he, you know, we always used to say that our relationship, we had a lot of issues in life, but not with each other. <laughs> like we weren't issue free at all, but we sure didn't have them with each other. And and we had just a really, you know, beautiful friendship, just a very, very beautiful, loving connection of friendship. And, and it was also passionate. I mean, one time I said that to a friend and she was like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't want to be best friends with my husband. And I'm like, why not? And she's <laughs> like, well, because it lacks passion. I go, no, it doesn't. It doesn't lack passion. It's just like you treat your partner and you have so much fun you treat your partner as if they're your best friend and you don't ever talk to them. Like you wouldn't talk to your best friend. You don't, you know, you pal around, you laugh together, you play, you know, the sex part just comes naturally. I mean, that's just what men and women do. So (laughs) that's just part of play, you know, it's like, Yeah. yeah. Do you believe that he was your soulmate and that do you believe there's another soulmate in your future? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I have a lot of soulmate kinds of connections in my life. So I really believe that Richard was, he is more my, like what they call my twin flame. Like, oh, is, yeah, I get it. That, yeah, he is that <laughs> other, other part of me where yeah. we're so connected. It was, it's almost as if we're just one. And so in some ways, because of that, I've never felt like I was without him. And yeah, well, you're not. I know I am not. And I never <laughs> felt that I've always felt that he's with me and alongside me and, you know, in my thoughts, in my conversations with him, in my dreams, you know, and it's not that I didn't grieve so deeply. I did. I grieved so deeply and for a very long time because of course we miss the physical presence of the person. That's what we miss the most. And Mm-hmm. We're attached to the physical presence. That's what we're here to do. We're humans. So, you know, we're not spirits in spirit world. <laughs> you know, we're spirits in human world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Do you know what we do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Kim, Kim Teller. <laughs> well, I'm an intuitive and a life coach and, um, you know, help people through fear and through not enough and things like that and then Eden is a medium so oh my god yeah she (laughs) didn't know that (laughs) so you're you're talking my language here yeah in a very unique way where you get word for word communication from your past loved ones and it's extremely accurate I love that I've been working with a medium almost um every month I have a a call with her and for a while now. And I just, I love it so much. It's like, it's like getting spiritual counseling, you know, like, yeah, it's so beautiful. That's wonderful. Eden. Thank you. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> How long have you had your gift? Oh, well, this interview is not about me, but I'll, in, a, in a nutshell, <laughs> I'll answer your question. Uh, yeah. So it's, 
I've had the gift since I was a kid. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, but it, it goes way back in other generations for me. So it's I've been doing it with actually as a profession for 11 years. Oh my gosh, that's so great. It must be, I mean, it must be very challenging and taxing, but very purpose, you know, just filled with purpose, which hence truth and purpose, purpose and truth. <laughs> Yes. Well, we, we, yeah, and we channeled um, this podcast, we in, you know, in the title, the, the purpose and what we were here to do, we, we, we got guided. I love so, that. Yeah, I love that. That's so wonderful. <laughs> I, I feel very, I feel very much like my guides are super active. Like I, I, I feel very much guided through life. Yeah, you seem like you are. Yeah. Like you yeah. embrace, you embrace that. Yeah. I do my yeah. best to, for sure. I don't feel lost very often and I, but I don't have really big plans either. So. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Life is just kind of planned for me. I just know that I just have to step in. Yeah. I always just have to step in and say, yes, yes, we always have to be reminded of that. Yeah. Because surrendering and, and sometimes we try to resist the whatever's changing uh, but it's always, always for us or for something to happen instead of allowing it to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. It is. I, I have a mantra that I teach and, and I've taught it for, you know, 16 years and it's surrender, trust, accept, release and receive. And that mm -hmm. is my mantra through grief. That was my process through grief. Mm -hmm. Wow. It helps. It helps you a lot. Yeah. How you help people experiencing major life transitions, um, what and you call yourself an empathic guide, which that's very apparent. I feel like you have the strong impact mm -hmm. energy. Um, and so that's a gift in that you're able to tune in and really see where people are going, even sometimes when they don't see it themselves or feel. Yeah. And so can you tell us more about what you do with that? Well, that quality, I usually comes forward at my retreats. So I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching, although I do do some business and book coaching now through our bookdoulas.com. Um, so if you ladies haven't written a book yet, you need to join our group. <laughs> it's a great group. And um, so I, I don't do a lot of individual coaching, uh, but I do work with women on my retreats, on my um and it's more that I just get a very, like I tune in, I'm very present. I'm an extremely present person anyways, although my daughters would probably tell you otherwise. <laughs> I think they're the only ones I'm not present with, <laughs> which is really bad, bad, bad admission there, but, um, but it's the truth. So, yeah. I, you know, they can be on their phones when they're talking to me, but as soon as I do it, I'm not present. So. <laughs> You know, um, but anyways, when I'm on retreat, of course, I, I'm, I'm really, really um, tuned into our participants. And when we do circle together, I'm holding space for every single person in the circle. And so I'm so in tune to where they are, what they're feeling, what, what I might need to be doing or saying or, or nudging them along on. And so the things that come to me, they just come, you know, and you, you must experience it that way, Eden, because I, I don't have any, I'm not, it's not me. It's just that it's coming through me. And so mm -hmm. 
I just have that sense of just being the instrument. And my writing is the same way. I'm, I really am just the instrument. And, and I find that so, um, it makes it so easy. Once I really understood that, I, I, it's not about me. It's about me getting out of the way so that I can be available to inspiration, to spirit, to guide me as to what needs to be said, what needs to come through me. And I teach that a lot in my writing courses with people because as soon as you get in your head, you know, you're in your head and that's a different place than allowing yourself to be open and allowing yourself to be guided. You know, it's so refreshing to not have to put that pressure on yourself. And the hard part is just the surrender piece. And once you learn that it's the trust piece, you know, it's, it's the trust piece knowing that the right thing is going to come through you and that all you have to do is just be calm, available, open. You know, I, I'm actually speaking at a um, celebration of life this weekend for a real soul sister of mine. And I'm the only friend speaker at the event at the celebration of life. And it, I actually feel more pressure to deliver the right thing for her. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to not miss a word, although I never write anything down. So I'm not going to write anything down. I'm not going to read anything. It's, it's just going to like be like everything else I do. It's just going to have to come through me, but I'm all like, please don't let me forget this word. And please don't let me forget that. And please don't let me forget this. You know? yeah. yeah. Other, other, otherwise you could just do like letting go of that and whatever comes through naturally is what's meant to come out. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I end up doing every time when I, see yeah. It, is I'll when have you like let a, go. Yeah. I'll just let, I'll have like a, a little, I have an outline that makes me give me a little structure and then I just kind of let myself go. Yeah. That's this good. Is different. This is a little more pressure for me because yeah, it's honoring her. Well, you're st- by standing there and talking. I think it's honoring her Aww. no matter what yeah. you say. Yeah. Heart, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you lost her. Yeah, me too. It was, it was really such a sad, such a sad thing. Like just so quick. She had cancer and it was just so fast. What a shame. Yeah. What, uh, what were you going to say? I see Kim that you're trying to say your mouth is about to <laughs> talk. I had something to say too. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm fine. Okay. So, well, I was going to ask a question kind of back to the movie. Um, there was a scene where it showed Heather in the car when she got the call and she walked out of the car and, and just broke down in the parking lot. Did that happen? Did that really, did that really happen? That exact. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I was at a mall and I just pulled into the parking space just like that. They, they did that scene just exactly as it happened. I mean, the reason why they did that drone shot was because they said, well, was it, what was it like? And I said, well, I just completely left my body. Like I, (sighs) I, I just completely left my body. So they, they did that beautifully. Like it was really emotional for me to watch that. Um, for me too. So she, she, she did so well with it, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, if that really happened, oh, yeah. uh, this is incredible. And it happened that a woman walked by with her child, just like that. She shielded her child from me. 
people were around and they didn't come and they didn't come. Although I probably yeah. would have like, I was just, I was unconsolable. Like there was, there was nothing. I mean, the only thing is I was shocked that people didn't want to know if I was going to be okay. Because right. I was really, really, I mean, just so distraught and just so out of my head, you know, yeah. just out of my body. Shock. Oh yeah. Just I, incredible shock. I, um, I was thinking the same thing, watching it. I wanted to know if that part happened too, where people watch, walk by you and just watched you and didn't go to you and ask if you were okay. Yeah, it did. Wow. It did. Yeah, I think people, it's weird because that was quite a long time ago. Like I think now because of the pandemic and the state of the world, there are some people that are more afraid of that like connection or, you know, approaching someone in fear of being hurt. And then I've also seen the opposite where people are actually kinder now. Mm -hmm. It's a mix, you know, but it's surprising that that not one person checked in. Yeah, there weren't a lot of people around. There were just a few, but, you know, it, it just must have just been too scary. You know, that's what I, I, I could gather. It just must have been too scary. Yeah, well, that was a powerful scene. It had me in tears. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, yeah. like it was just like that. You're humming along with your life. Everything's fine. You're listening to the music and then boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, boom. It just life changes in an instant. Right. Okay. Uh, what were you saying? How old are your daughters? Now or then? Um, well, now and then. Well, we both we both have daughters as well. We I have two daughters, mm -hmm. daughters. So we extra extra relate. Okay, cool. Well, at the time they were fourteen and seventeen, a freshman in high school and a graduating senior. Oh, oh my gosh! And then now they are. 30 and 32. And I am a grandmother of five. Oh, oh. you look like you're like 30. Like, how can that? Oh, gosh. It's, it's really good lighting. I mean, really, honestly, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you would not think that if you saw me in person. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and the girls, or is it just one of them is kind of followed in your footsteps? Did, did one of them write a book too? Yeah, but both of my daughters are very interested in writing. Um, okay. You know, they're, they're still embarking. Like um, Kenna would like to start um, a blog or um, something. And she's just, she's just working it out right now. You know, she's very interested in, in um, doing something inspiring. And Jazz is just an inspiring woman in and of herself. She, she is a great, they are both great writers. Um, Jazz is going to be a teacher. She's getting her master's in education while raising her five kids. And Kenna is, um, yeah, just they're, they're, you know, she's kind of helping her boyfriend. He's doing some content marketing stuff for wineries and, you know, they're out tasting wine today. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tough job, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you must be proud. <laughs> I am. They're good girls. They're such good girls. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's been traumatic, you know, they, they were both very impacted and our lives changed and, and it altered, you know, it altered our lives like it does everyone's and yet they've, you know, they're, they're, they're good, solid people, good people to other people. They're everything that a mom would be proud of. Yeah. I was going to ask you that question too. What's how did your life change after he passed after the sudden death? 
Well, I mean, everything changed, you know, everything. Um, I mean, our house didn't change, you know, so we had, we had security, which we're very blessed with. Um, but everything changed. You go from being a partnered person to being a single person to being, you know, a, a family, a full family, and then to missing the father in the household. And, and then in really in six months, we went from a family of four to a family of two. Jazz graduated and she moved out. And it, I mean, it was just all very, you know, sudden, all very traumatic. Um, but, you know, I don't know, you know, we just, we, we were very bonded as a family. And of course there were sticky moments in all of that, you know, lots, a lot stickier than what they show in the movie. <laughs> they, that was like the cream puff version, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but we, we got through it, you know, and, and you do get through things and you do emerge, you know, um, I was pretty uh, right after the first year, you know, I, I was already starting to publish uh, an hour to live an hour to love, which was a letter that Richard had written me on our 18th wedding anniversary. It's why I got on Oprah actually. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you how that all started that, that whole TV thing, how it turned into a movie, but so it started with Oprah then. Well, the, the movie, the Lifetime movie didn't, um, that, that was because of a woman named Maura Dunbar, who is a executive producer and she had, you know, producers will get, take your script or will take their idea and they'll sell it. And so she had already sold Don't Sweat the Small Stuff when Richard was alive and it, and the books had impacted her so greatly during a period of grief that she was in over many family members passing within a couple of years of each other. And so she had found the series and found that it was just so helpful in her grieving process to have somebody show her a path to life. Mm -hmm. And that's the way she looked at it. And then she was so grateful. She came and met Richard. And then she said, will you let me sell this as a, as actually a family sitcom? <laughs> and they sold it to um, ABC and we had little kids at the time in elementary school. And then ABC didn't end up developing it. And Richard and I were like this, oh. we were like so <laughs> grateful that it didn't happen because mm -hmm. we thought that would just been too much pressure for our kids to live up to, mm -hmm. yeah. to be under too much of a microscope. And, and then years later, she came back to me and she said, I, I would still like to do something with don't sweat the small stuff. And and then she sold it another time uh, to Sony television. They didn't develop it. Then I got the rights back again. And then she sold it to Lifetime. So when she sold it to wow. Lifetime, I honestly didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was like, oh, this isn't going to happen. You know, and then after two years, we worked on one script. I worked with a writer on one script. It wasn't my story. And Lifetime didn't like it. And so then they came back to me and they said, well, we, can we write your story? And I was like, okay. So then <laughs> the part broken open and... They, um, they worked with Heartbroken Open and I worked directly with Shannon Collary, the writer. And then we still didn't know they were going to do it right, right up until they're doing it, you know, and then they, they decided, yeah, we want to do this. So it was exciting. It was really fun. Very highlight of my highlight of my life. Yeah. And it goes to show it's divine timing and divine whoever's meant to take on something, which happens a lot in media. Mm -hmm. TV and film. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just, it's just such a beautiful way to, 
further our work, you know, both the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series and also show my work, you know, so it, it's just, it's, it was really a really, a really blessed gift. Wow. Oprah, tell us about the Oprah. Yeah, well, she yeah. was, you know, she was having some kind of thyroid condition when I met her and I was in grief. So, <laughs> oh, we, not a good combination. Know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she was great, though. Like I um, when I was on the set, um, well, the girls were in the audience. They didn't want to come up and be on the couch. Um, and they didn't want, you know, we were in grief. They didn't want the whole world looking at them crying, although the whole world did see them because it flashed on them while we were talking. Mm. And she was great because I hadn't seen Richard in like 11 months and I could barely look at a picture of him because it was just too painful. And I turned around like, and they had this huge, you know, huge, huge screen. And there's Richard um, on one of his Oprah appearances, kicking it with Oprah. And I just turn around and I just, I'm like frozen and just golf ball, the tears, the size of golf balls are coming out my eyes and coming down my cheeks. Mm. And I'm just grabbing my heart and she's like, uh oh, <laughs> she's like, uh oh, <laughs> like she was such a, she's such a pro though. You know, like they had a whole plan and she just, she just was like, okay. And you could tell on her head, she's like, okay, new plan. We got to just carry her through this interview. You know, like I just got to carry her on my back. And so mm. she did, you know, she grabbed my hand and she said, are you able to continue? And I was like, took a deep breath. And I said, yeah, I, I can. And she had me read, you know, she had me read from an hour to live an hour to love. And that was, that's always the smartest thing to do because it gets you in a different part of your brain. And, mm. and, and so then we went on and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful interview, but that was definitely a moment. Oh yeah. That's, and that was when the show was still on her, oh yeah that was her talk the show Oprah Winfrey yeah show. yeah that okay. wasn't that wasn't when she went to the Oprah network that was back yeah. in 2000 2007 mm. yeah. Well, yeah it's amazing how we have these if you think about like you see just day by day going by and you know we sleep and we have another day and it, you fill it with something and when you have moments like that and they just stay with you forever and shape you and change you it's, it's just like magical. It's amazing. Yeah, it's true. And I, it's interesting because I talk a lot about um, finding, you know, that we often find our life purpose in our, our own suffering. And, and, and so a lot of my work with women too, like yours is, is helping them see their life purpose isn't about one thing that they do. It's not about like your life purpose isn't being a mother or, being a podcast host, you know, your life mm -hmm. purpose has a much, a much larger statement about it. You know, mine is that I'm an instrument of divine light and love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, and, and then I can be that instrument when I'm at the grocery store talking to somebody over the apples, or I could be that instrument with my grandkids, or I can be that instrument as I'm podcasting or as I'm mm -hmm. speaking with you or, I'm on retreat or I'm traveling. If I'm, if that's my life purpose, then I'm living into my life purpose every moment. In all aspects of your life. In all aspects. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm stealing that. 
I, I, yeah. me too. I was thinking the same thing because I think we're doing it. We're doing the same thing, but it was never really uh, articulated that way. And it's, that. it's just perfect can can we do that too can we be uh, that you absolutely can be that that can be your life purpose too you know um, yeah statement my life's purpose is to teach people to live happy extraordinary lives filled with joy harmony and inner peace through my teaching coaching speaking writing podcasting and then i i add in like and empower myself my family and others to be happy joyful and close to god but i think yours is much more easy to remember <laughs> well, well the thing is here's the here's the difference is what you just stated is more of a mission statement it really is it's a mission statement and i believe that those people like yourselves who are message and mission driven mm -hmm. are the ones that um come from a very authentic place because it's it's mission driven you you know you clearly know what your personal mission is but a, a life purpose is it's like having a huge umbrella or a canopy tree that's just so big that it holds everything and when you can make your life purpose statement that then Everything else is just like, it's like branches, you know, the, the life purpose is the trunk of the tree and then everything is branches and every project you do, everything, you can just keep asking yourself, well, am I being a divine, am I being an instrument of divine light and love? Mm -hmm. And other people may not feel that way, that they are that. They might be here to, um, they might be here to instrumentally help somebody, help others be creative. You know, like there, there's other ways to define yourself with a larger statement of your life purpose. And yeah. that's just mine. But there's a gazillion things you could say about that are a larger statement of your life purpose. I love that. Yeah. Well put. Thank I think you. That, that's going to teach a lot of people. So, you know, a lot of I have a lot of clients who will come to me and say, I want to know what my purpose is. <laughs> but it's it's just I'm gonna write that all down. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why I don't do this is why I don't do individual coaching because I would be like this. I'd be like, "Yep, tell me what is it." <laughs> I'd be like, "I don't know. You gotta tell me." <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I would do it with people is it's not a simple answer. It's I think you there's a lot if you come to me with baggage or not, I shouldn't call it baggage, but unhealed or unresolved trauma from your past, that's what we work on. We focus on that healing, all of that. And that's how you find your voice. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do think that people can have a voice as they're healing, but I, I think that, um, because sometimes like I often feel that when you have to reach out your hand and help somebody else out of the trenches, you get stronger. You know, mm -hmm. like I found in my own process, um, like there's this woman, Mary, and Mary and I are still great friends today. Um, she was the first woman who read Heartbroken Open, my memoir. And she was the first woman that I actually followed my book like a T, like literally, like she was the first one to read it and the first one to just follow every step, like every breadcrumb. And she used to call me just crying. I was only two years out from my loss when I wrote that book. And she, she thought I was way out, you know, she never even uh -huh. realized till much later that I was only two years. I was still in grief myself. 
Mm-hmm. She would call me and she was hilarious. She, she was a div, like a raised Catholic. And she called me in this, oh my God, this is so much harder being in this transformation process. This is so much harder than being Catholic. This <laughs> 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 uh-huh. is hard work, you know, and, and she would really, she followed and she was like the first woman that really showed me that my path would work for others. You know, she followed everything I said to do. She was so great. But what I realized also is that by helping her, and helping other women. I had um, these heartbroken open circles in my home and I would invite women who were going through loss to come to my home and we would sit in circle together and really just listen to each other one person at a time around the circle. That's all we did. Everybody cry, everybody say things, everybody say how they're feeling, you know, what, what they're going through in their loss. And you know, I realized that when you, when you can get to that place where you're holding out your hand and you have to, you have to brace yourself to lift somebody out of a trench, you're stronger, you know, you're stronger for doing it. And so in that way, there's a way in which if we dare to, if we are two steps ahead of somebody in healing and we, and we help somebody else, we heal faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and your books, you what can you tell share us a little with us share with us a little bit about what you have in your books? I know you have how many books have you written at this oh, point? Do you guys do you, are you guys are you two readers? I should send you some books. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'll send you guys. You, you pick which one and I'll send you one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's so um, nice. Well, I, I write very, um, I'm very raw, like a very personal writer. Um, I write as if I'm having a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a very poetic writer. Um, it's just, it's just my, it's my writing voice is very poetic, but it's also very real. And I, I turn toward my readers a lot, um, in my books. So they do feel like they're having a conversation with me Mm -hmm. and, I, I call it, I call my work more like it's uh, like from heartbreak to wholeness is a more how to go through the change and transition, uh, the kind that creates an identity crisis. Um, not so much just like even the loss of somebody through death, but the loss of any dream that creates an identity crisis. Mm. But Heartbroken Open is a memoir and it's what we call a teaching memoir. It it's full packed full of lessons and wisdom from loss, from going through that, but it also it it takes somebody's hand and it holds their hand in the process without saying this is what I'm doing. Somebody who's going through loss will feel that way. Like they're they it, literally that book feels like you're in my head. Like seriously, it's 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 come taken from my journal. So mm. it literally is from the rawest time of my life. And I, and it, it really does feel like most women who read it, they say, Oh, I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read it in eight hours. Cause I couldn't put it down because it, cause it's that it's just like, they're so with me every step of the way. And they kind of want to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> I'm sure that was very helpful to you though, to write it at that it point. Yeah. To get it all out on paper. It was, it was super healing. It's like journaling is the most Mm -hmm. healing thing. 
it's so it, it takes some discipline but once you get the benefits you reap the benefits of doing it it's it's so it's such a beautiful process to journal yeah well kim well, well, we'll we have you, to yeah <laughs> you before we wrap it up um we're going to ask you one of our we asked certain signature questions so i think you answered what you are in your truth but I want to ask you, what makes you feel alive and sets your soul on fire? Ooh, what makes me feel alive and sets my soul on fire? Well, quite honestly, this is going to be a really boring answer. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning and I get to have my coffee, I'm on fire, man. <laughs> You know what? Actually, everything. I feel like I have a love affair with my life. Uh, I feel she's like she's so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I look outside and I just look at everything and I see the joy. And I I don't miss the small aspects of life anymore because i realize how precious those things that are available to us all the time like how gorgeous the sky can be mm -hmm. when you see that light coming through a cloud or you're in a forest and you look up and you see the light coming through the trees or you're outside and like you get to see the green hills and walk and use your body and you know, and you get to have a great conversation like this one. And, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like life is just so full of wonder and joy. And I think it's a playground personally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with what's happening in the world any more than anyone else right now. I'm pretty, you know, I'll get kind of scared sometimes for our world, but I try to just focus on how wonderful life can be when you're really present to it and present for it. Yeah. There's always something good. There's always something that you can good. find. Yeah. Yeah. Always something good, but you have to, you have to work at that. You know, you have to be looking for it mm -hmm. and, and you, and you, and it's easy for us to get into our heads and get into a negative spiral. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to do that. It's harder work to get yourself out of that, to stay positive, to, mm -hmm look for what you're grateful for to pause in what you're grateful for. And when you do that, life's pretty good. Yeah, sure is. Well, well on that, I, what my comment on that, I think, okay. people, I think people really forget, not everyone, of course, some people, um, they get so caught up in, you know, either hate or success or, you know, causes and wrong with that but they forget that the purpose is to have the vibration of joy and to be in harmony and peace. And it's like, well, what are you doing? What is all of that for? You know? And so I think that, you know, refreshing our mind constantly and saying, you know, wait, is that bringing me love, peace, and joy? If it isn't, then why am I doing it? You know? So I love that you, you are in that constantly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting close to my 60th birthday. So I'll be 59 this birthday. So I, I consider that that is a, a different time of life. You know, I, I can be wiser now. I can, 
I can, you know, I, I'm in a different stage of life. You know, when you're in different stages, you have different values and you value different things and it, it creates, you know, creates a different drama that's going on in your world, you know, and, and so I, I'm not in that stage of, you know, I'm kind of more in the stage of like, wow, I would need to simplify my life, you know, like I need to really pare it down to probably the last 20 years that I have here on the earth, you know, and that's not very long. I mean, I think about how fast the last 20 years went, you know, I've got maybe 20 left. Well, dang, I got, I got to have fun. Right. <laughs> and you have like 40 left. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. That's just <laughs> everything you just said in a nutshell basically is you are not sweating the small stuff. <laughs> I'm so not. I never really have, to be honest with you. I, I, my husband used to say that about me a lot. Like mm -hmm. I, I've, I've always done a pretty good job, not sweating the small stuff. Yeah. Well, on that note, how can people find you? Well, go to christinecarlson.com. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Carlson with a C.com or don'tsweat.com. And you'll find a couple of gifts on there. If you, if you like to meditate, do guided imagery. I give away two different guided imageries. And one is about change, seeing yourself on the other side of change. And then the other is my signature golden pause. It's about a three minute pause in gratitude that will really help you become more responsive to life and less reactive. So yeah, enjoy those. Go to the sites and check them out. And, and that's how you find out more about me. Thanks okay. for asking. You're welcome. And then they can find your books probably everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. can find my books everywhere and also okay. on my site as well. Okay. Okay. Well, wow, it was so good to have you on. Thank you. <laughs> so nice to connect with you. And I know our audience is going to love you. And we love you. Oh, I love you guys too. Thanks. And be sure and direct message me your addresses so I can send you whichever book you want. So there's from heartbreak to wholeness or don't sweat the small stuff for women or from heartbreak or from uh, heartbroken open. Oh, beautiful. okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.